Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. Another good weekend at the box. LSU has just clinched uh, the regional, actually, just within the last uh, last hour or so. Uh, and they are moving on. Don't know who we're playing yet. Uh, that's going to be decided between the game of Kentucky and Indiana that's actually being played as we speak. I think they're only in the second inning. Uh, but LSU is moving on. Uh, not other SEC teams are. Uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to recap the Tigers' weekend at the box, how that went, and uh, look forward to what's next. Uh, but before we do, I want to check in with the co-host. Hopefully, y'all had a good long weekend and had some, uh, I don't know, some something good happen to you. Uh, I, I mean, I was happy watching some LSU games. Got a little stressful, maybe a couple times, but it was fine. Tigers did what they did, what we thought they were going to do, and. We're moving on. How are you guys doing? Good. Good to be with you. Um, good to be celebrating a mid-afternoon win from the Tigers. And I'll tell you, um, I'm so glad we got it done when we needed to this afternoon. We didn't, uh, and, and we didn't show any, uh, you know, let them hang in there because I'm sitting here in downtown Baton Rouge and it is pouring down rain, lightning, striking, <laughs> thunder. There's no chance we would have gotten that game, and we would have been we would have been pushed another day. Um, so I'm glad we got we took care of business, got it done, and can look on to uh, hosting a our first super regional in what? How long? I can't even remember how long. Maybe 2015. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's exciting. Quite a while. Yeah, enjoyed the weekend as well. It was a, a marathon one that, like you said, was not even as long as it possibly could have been. Uh, it took two days to play the, the Saturday game, almost stretched into three days. And yeah, Tigers went undefeated. I had a bit of a sinking feeling going into the weekend that like this might just be it somehow, like last year when we ended up losing to Southern Miss. Uh, but they played up to their potential on both sides of the ball. So very uh, happy about that. And we get to see uh, one last hurrah in the box for a lot of these players this upcoming week. So um, be previewing all that here in the coming minutes. Yeah. And uh, I'd say it was, you know, we had talked about what we might see this weekend, and especially that first game. You know, we 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 kind of all thought that uh, Jay Johnson was going to do what he did in the SEC tournament and not pitch Paul Skeens first. And he just goofed us on that. He did. Yeah. And we could all guess as to why. Right. Like he's like, well, you know, it's it's. I'd say just in, in any of these situations, it's always just good to get that first win and get beyond. Um, but also, you know, you don't want some pesky in-state rival coming in, ruining your chances, especially against your, your ace, who, by the way, was just voted the National College Baseball Player of the Year. Uh, congrats to him on that. But, um, you know, I, it, LSU got the win Friday night behind Paul Skeens. He went the whole game. Uh, make of that what you will, but I mean they won seven to two. Skeens had twelve strikeouts, which is amazing. And I, I don't know. I guess why not? I I feel that maybe they not only pitched him just so that they could you know just kind of keep a routine. I, I don't know what his real decision was, but um, I think it really helped us out that Skeens was able to go the distance. I think part of me feels like they wanted to see if he could, you know, because it might come down to that in Omaha. And if he can, you know, if he just gives up two or three runs or whatever throughout the course of a game, it's like, I don't know if anyone's really going to just let it, you know, open a can 
against Paul Skeen. So I thought maybe they were just testing that durability, which may or not be the case, but it showed it. And the Tigers had enough bats behind him to take it over. So, I mean, Tommy, what you know, what were the, what were your takes of that? Well, we'll talk about the other games too. But I just thought that Friday night game, you know, it was it was amazing effort on Paul Skeen. Yeah, an, an absolute, you know, a gem of a, a game for him. Um, I, you know, I do think that it, it's interesting. I don't know if y'all followed the the Tiger droppings and then kind of a lot of the LSU media. Man, they're coming for Jay Johnson on that on throwing him. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I kind of, I, I guess it's kind of a cop out to say I defer to Jay Johnson, but I think I do. And like, I, I'm not, I'm not as like, I think there's kind of an argument for both sides, whether or not they should have thrown him, whether that, you know, whether you put him in the first game against uh, uh, Oregon state and maybe, maybe that, you know, makes it a little bit easier or something. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that uh I, I think that it was a forward-looking um, decision thinking about a, the rotation for this super regional that, you know, that's the goal. I think, I think that, and it's something we've talked about, you know, I, it's something I mentioned on the, the SEC after the SEC uh, championship. And, you know, I don't think that Jay Johnson is, I think he has a larger goal in mind. And so, you know, not to say like, oh, we're looking past Tulane, you know, who cares about them? But I think more of just a, um, or, we're, or we're looking past Oregon State, or we don't really care about the Super Regional, I mean, the Regional. I think that it, it, that he is, he's planning, you know, weeks in advance. And he's like, look, we have a good enough team. We're going to, we're going to the Super Regional. I want, and I want my ace to be, to have as much rest for them. So if that means we have to throw him in the first game against the team that we're going to beat with, you know, Tommy on the mound. Um, then I, you know, fair enough. I, I think I get it, but it, it's really been interesting to see him because I, I don't, I think this is the first time. I don't know if y'all seen it as much as I have. I think this is the first time I've seen Jay Johnson really get get tossed around by the media since he's since he's uh taken over since preliminary. Mm-hmm. We we posited two kind of hypotheticals last week on the podcast. One being starting Thatcher Hurd against Tulane, like he started in the first game of the SEC tournament, that one would have made more sense. And the second being trying to potentially limit Paul Skeens, like on a pitch count or something, you want to keep him fresh as well. And neither of those things happened, obviously. They put him in and they rang him up for over 120 pitches at the the high point of his season. Um, and, And even I was like, or when LSU baseball Twitter posted the lineup that said Skeens on Friday at whatever, like 4 PM, uh, the replies were filled with question marks and kind of understandably. So, I mean, Tulane lost 40 games. They were the biggest loser of any team in the history of the tournament ever. And you're putting the, the college baseball player of the year. Number you know, point one player of the year. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we better win this game. Yeah. Uh, and, and thankfully we did. And hindsight is 2020 as we came out of the, the regional with the, the overall win. But I still think it is a little bit of a questionable decision. Um, the Oregon state game was obviously much closer and we, we got good performances from uh, Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd in relief in that one. Uh, where we ended up putting ourselves really in the driver's seat for the rest of the time. But uh, I think we could have used Skeens there, and he still would have had enough time to to rest up and pitch for the Super Regional. Uh, I get it that you want him to to throw 
because you, you want him to throw on Friday in the super regional to try and get that win and just be up one zero and where you're, you're really in a good position to give him maximum rest to, to be at his best. But uh, if we would have ended up not winning this regional or something like if the pitching would have broke down, people would have been coming for Jay Johnson's head on that one. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> he's kind of wiping the sweat off his brow uh, at this point and, and it all worked out fine. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit strange, and thankfully uh, we we're fine. We we didn't need the home runs that we we did in both the games against Oregon State as well. Uh, so the bats did come alive in, in support of our pitching. So uh, all's well that ends well, but you know, a little bit questionable, I think. Yeah, and you know, it's it's uh, if it works out, you know, everyone's going to question him. You know, he probably has a meeting with uh, with with Scott Woodward. You know, after the season, like so, let me just. So what was up with that? Walk me, walk but, me through this uh, lineup. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. So he doesn't. Scott, we were just like, he probably texted him, no notes, good job, yeah. and then <laughs> moving on. But um, I think it has to be said here because um, what Skeens did, I mean, it was great in and of itself. But, I mean, he was, I think he was the uh, the first LSU pitcher to toss a complete game in the postseason since – I think Alex Lane and uh, they, that's, that was back in 2015, I guess. Uh, I don't know if that was the regional, but it was a, it was a postseason Good company game. to be in. Right. Oh, well, I got some more for you. There's only two other LSU pitchers that have thrown complete games in NCAA postseason play. You probably know both of them. One was Aaron Nola. That was uh, against Oklahoma in 2013. And then, uh, uh, well, I don't even know how to pronounce Lane met, Mestepi, Mestepi, I, I know I'm butchering that, uh, but he did one against uh, A&M in t- 2004. Uh, but actually, the most recent LSU, just a complete nine game by a pitcher, postseason or other, AJ Lavis. That was oh. two years ago. Regular season series at Ole Miss. So lots. I mean, that just kind of goes to show you, as if you didn't already know uh, how, how great Paul Skeens is. But Again, uh, put LSU in a great position. We didn't have to use any of your pitchers. We used them today. We used them yesterday. But um, we didn't have to use any more because tomorrow I think we would have been stretched in. You know, pretty sure we'd have been starting Christian Little and just going from there. But we didn't have to do that. And Paul Skeens has a whole week rest pretty much before uh, this this Super Regional kicks off next Friday. So it worked for Jay Johnson. And moving forward, it should work. Now, he could probably do something different in Omaha, right? Because it's kind of like the SEC tournament. Even if you don't get that first game, you can still play. But it's like the series win, like Daniel was saying, you got to get that first win. You don't want to yeah. play from behind. But there's not going to be another like series situation until the College World Series final. So he may mix it up in Omaha again. We we don't know. But um, I think the the second game against Oregon State, you know, our, our, our pitching did, did pretty well. Not really well. It did very well. I mean, Ty Floyd came in and there was some guy, what was his name? Thatcher Hurd. We've been talking about him. He would come in at times. He, he wouldn't even last like a, a whole inning, but now yeah. the guy, he, he recorded 12 strikeouts. He shut Oregon state down and we got that win six to five. Couldn't have gotten it any closer, but I think it, it, you know you can't not mention that performance. Twelve strikeouts, same as Paul Skeens. He did it in less innings. I'm not saying he's better, but 
um, our, our pitching really came through for us this weekend when, you know, in previous series, it, uh, we weren't so sure, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and then we had, uh, today our, our pitching came through again and our bats finally came alive. I think the one thing that killed me with the, the game, the first game against Oregon state, our second game of this weekend, first two innings, bases loaded, couldn't get any runs. It's like today LSU is yeah. hitting home runs like no tomorrow. It's like, could we not just hit a home run with the bases loaded uh -huh. when we need it? Not when we're already up six, nothing, but you know, speak on that guys. At least the, uh, the best came alive and we recorded, I think five home runs in the first game and four in the second game against Oregon state. Hayden Travinsky and Kay Beloso went back to back home runs in both games, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, so they got the, the bash brothers and then, uh, Dylan Cruz was kind of back to his old form hitting. I think he had two home runs and a number of other hits uh, as well. And we really had hitting up and down the lineup. Like Josh Pearson, I think had two home runs in the regional. And and he only, only had one on the whole regular season before then. So <laughs> I give him his props. Uh, and yeah, the, the pitchers needed that run support, especially once the second game, we put Thatcher Hurd, our kind of presumed third starter in, in relief. We were almost all in at that point. Um where like you got to win that game and, and get on with it. So that was Gosh. fun. This, this, yeah. this batting order is just so deep. Like it's, it's insane. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people, especially um, talking about in the, in kind of the debate back and forth, whether they should have, whether, Oh, pitching skis, is that the right thing or not? Um, so a lot of people saying, well, just wait till just wait till next year when he gets when he gets in the portal, and you know he's gonna like if if you think if you think getting Skeens was a was a great win, like wh what can who is he gonna be able to pull out of the portal when he can show them? Look what I did with this guy, and then he can offer him you know however many five hundred thousand dollars worth of an NIL deal on top of it. Um, yeah. But all I can think about you know, I, and so I was thinking about that and thinking about next year, just kind of that kind of thing. I'm like man, it's going to be really sad to lose Dylan Cruz because he's a, he's a generational, um, the generational talent. Like, you know, I, he might be the best, he might be the, the best athlete we've ever seen come through LSU. Like as far as just like living, I think we talked about this, like living up to the hype and like being as good as we thought he was going to be a, as a senior in high school. Uh, it's insane. But then you look at who we're, who we're putting in as pinch hitters and it's like, you know what? We're not gonna have Dylan Cruz, but I think we'll be okay. In some ways, we might even be better. You know, like not that we're not gonna he, we're not gonna have a better a player better than him, but we're gonna have a lot of younger guys who are who are who are matured. And if we can really snap up some even better some some more, uh, if we can get more solid pitching across the rotation and not just have our one surefire ace, it's gonna be crazy. Now that's next year. We're still winning this year. Um, we're still we're still moving on. Um, but I, I mean, I, yeah, Daniel, you're right. Like the, the bats finally came alive, especially in this game today. Um, big performances from everybody. And uh, I think it's just, I think it's, it's funny. I, one thing I noticed, and, it, and I think this is kind of the formula for us is like, we, you know, when, when schemes play, when schemes is on the map, we're able to, uh, we just, it's it's like a like a regular baseball game you know what i mean like we hopefully put scratch a few runs and then the, and play good defense and, and our pitcher takes us all the way but when, when you get to like specifically like that third game when people when everybody's when when both teams are 
kind of tired. Both teams are out are running out of pitching. We just it's a home run derby. Like that's just and it's like can we be, can we beat them? Can we hit more than them? Like it doesn't you know what I mean? Like there were times I'm I'm watching this game and looking and it's like oh look we gave up a home run oh look we gave up we gave up two runs or a run here or a run there it's like. You know, I'm conditioned to where like one when I see a run strike across the uh, the the box score, and you know, like oh man, and they cut our lead by a little bit. I get like it hurts, but with this team, especially like on a on a, a third game of a, of a series, it's like yeah, we've probably got four more coming. Like yep. that's I think that's just the way we win. That's that's the way that this team is built to win. So something to look forward to or or look out for. Um, and when it works, it works. I mean, you can't argue with it. Yeah. One, uh, one kind of strategy point I did want to mention is we were talking about questioning Jay Johnson on throwing, uh, schemes in the first game. I mentioned that we were pretty much all in on game two when we put Thatcher Hurden in relief, which I think turned out to be a very good decision. Not only the obvious point that, Oh, we're two and Oh, we, the other team has to beat us twice, but then Oregon state, either them or Sam Houston state, they had to play past midnight last night like they started at like 10 p.m and then they had to wake up and play lsu in potentially two games and they've already burned most of their pitching uh in those long late games so lsu like just really had i think a much more tactical advantage a lot of rest um both physically and in terms of bullpen arms and that really showed in this last game when oregon state was going through like they were really reaching back in their bullpen to, to get guys out there and pitching and then we were taking advantage of them just hitting left right and center uh, so I think it was uh, a smart move by Jay Johnson to really try and clutch out that second game. And we were, took the the ride the rest of the rest, rest of the way home. I would not have wanted to be watching the, the final game instead of doing this podcast right now uh, with the, the stakes on the line, like we did last year, because last year we, we won the first two games and then lost two in a row to um, Southern Miss who also played pretty well this year in the regional, but um yeah, I can't complain there and excited to to face another team at the box one last time this year. Yeah, and uh, just looking at it from uh, maybe Jay Johnson just, you know, did some really good scouting beforehand. I saw some stuff uh, before the weekend to where, you know, they, they gave a lot of credit to Oregon State's day one pitchers and uh, their, their lineup because they're both very – uh, Oregon State and Sam Houston were both explosive offensive, or could they could have been. Oregon State definitely was. You could see it. Sam Houston was also. I think they scored 10 runs against uh, Tulane. Uh, but the one thing they said was, like, past their aces, right, the, the guys they would throw first, there wasn't much beyond that. Luckily, LSU was able to go through them, and I, I'm hoping that's what ended up being the difference. Now, and you were talking about Jay Johnson, you know, a finding that next Paul Skeens, um, I think he can because he can show, look, you can come in here and we can win right away. You know what he won't have moving forward, though, other than Dylan Cruz? Uh, he's not going to have Wes Johnson because it's reportedly that he's going to be signing to take over uh, as the head coach of Georgia. So if that's that ends up being the case, Oh well, hopefully he stays out the season. You know, I'm I can't imagine he wouldn't want to go to Omaha, be part of that. Uh, but you know, 
I'm sure we'll get somebody else right in there. And I don't know. It's like it took a while, but it's like you could finally start to see. I don't know what it was. Like, remember, we were talking about this. Like, maybe our guys will just – something will click. We'll hit in the postseason, and they'll start performing. And that's pretty much what's happened, especially with that's your herd. I've been surprised at some situations as how, how far Riley Cooper has gone as well. So it's it's been really good to see the improvement, and hopefully that can – carry them through to Omaha. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the hitting, it's a law of averages. I think more times than not, LSU is going to come through. It's just, it's like, you, you can't shut us down. I don't think we've, we've been shut out all year and you can't shut us down at least not three games in a row. There's maybe you could shut LSU down for one game, but there's no way you could stop this lineup two, three games in a row. It's just, I just don't think it's possible. There's just too many, too many good hitters. No, I, I agree. I think that, and, and, and I think the key word that you just said, it's averages on average. And we've right. seen, you know, we've seen, if you look at this and, and now we can kind of put a button on, on this, we put a button on this regional. Now we're going to the super regional. You look at this season from 30,000 feet above, like we've been the most dominant offensive team in the country. And you can't really, I don't think you can dispute that. But we did have towards the end of the season we had a, we had that stretch where the bats went cold as they do sometimes, and pitching was hit or miss. And when it was hit, we seemed to be able to get through it. But when it was missed, I mean, we that's when we lost most of our games. Um, I I still I'm, I'm just energized about this. This I feel like this series, this regional is is I feel like we're back on a. I wouldn't say we're playing our best ball of the year. But I think we're getting back to that point where, you know, hopefully we're, we're going to get back to peaking at the right time because right. I mean, we definitely, that, that stretch right before the SEC tournament where you're losing series, that was, that was tough to watch. And it was tough to watch yeah. all the momentum we built, you know, throughout being number one in the nation for most of the year, kind of just, just be eroded. Yeah. And I think uh, Jay Johnson's finally found his lineup defensively as well. Like I don't see a lot of places where I would kind of question where it is. Cause we've shuffled through a lot of people at a lot of different positions throughout the course of the season. But this one seems like really solid to me. The only kind of maybe one question mark is Hayden Travinsky defensively. Like maybe you'd rather Alex Malazzo in there, but he's swinging such a hot stick right now. You can't take him yeah. out. Uh, so, and then Cade Beloso as well. Like, he's been really earned that DH spot. So you say, okay, if we switch in Malazzo for Travinsky and put Travinsky at DH, then Beloso has no place to play. So I think you kind of, you settled on your, your nine at this point, and this is who you got to ride till the end. And I'm happy with that because over the course of the season, we're like, uh, like this guy, he's, he's cold or he's a liability in the field. I don't really see those obvious weak points here. Uh, and I think this team can definitely take two out of three against either Kentucky, who we've already won the series against this year, or Indiana, who's kind of an unknown commodity to us. But they're not exactly a juggernaut, I would say. So I like our chances either way there. Right. There weren't very many, like, I don't know if Indiana was the only one, but there weren't any many teams coming out of the Big Ten. It's not a baseball conference. Indiana It's probably the best, just the best team, you know, that came out of the Big Ten. Uh, but you know, that remains to be seen if it's going to be them or Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah. We got two out of three, but you know, one of the games we really had to fight to win. And then of course they took one from us. So I don't think it's a given, uh, but I think we are riding some momentum now, which we kind of lost. We didn't really have at the end of the season. Like we were, we lost a series to A and M, 
who, yeah. to their credit, they showed out in the SEC tournament, made it to the finals. Um, in fact, they think they have a game against Stanford. They're still alive themselves, right? They have another game against Stanford yep. today. So it remains to see remains remains to be seen if they're going to move on to their uh, super regional. But uh, I, I think LSU has some momentum, and some of the guys you're talking about, yeah, you could you can just kind of tell in the lineup that he kind of that Jay Johnson has kind of found one that's working. It's right putting Dylan Cruz first. I think just get you a guy on base to start your games and other innings more times than not, like you're saying, Tommy, you know, averages. And like, I remember seeing Paxton claim it's not so much him anymore. It's Josh Pearson. It's, it's whoever's hot. Remember Beloso wasn't in the lineup to like mid season. And now he's been there ever since. And who can deny Trevinsky and Beloso back to back in the lineup at this point? Like, why would you mess with that? They've done it. I think three times since they have, in you know in the lineup behind each other so uh, a lot of good stuff there yeah I mean Malazzo is probably the better overall defensive catcher but Dravinsky had a good throw out yesterday oh that like was he, a, that was, was a great throw that was yeah, awesome. needed that strike him out throw him out bad yeah, yeah I know, that right? was clutch. especially on third so there's that he he can he can do it. he's not he's not bad it's just uh, you know Malazzo and he have different strengths, but his strength is obviously hitting the ball over the fence, and that's definitely not <laughs> Alex's. So it's fine. Uh, but again, we we as we wait to see who we will face, um, I just wanted to look around the rest of the brackets because you know some guys who you thought like Vandy they won the SEC tournament, uh, but they are no more. They lost Oregon won that regional they moved on to face i'm checking my notes here oral roberts oh my goodness yeah um then you have indiana states advancing to face tcu who just took care of arkansas in convincing fashion no less so uh but there's still some other sec teams we have tennessee gonna face southern miss like we said earlier auburn man they they finished the season on a tear and then it's just stalled out for them they like they only had like one one run or one or two runs in their games. It was just not good. Uh, we still wait to see who's going to win between Indiana and Kentucky, uh, neighboring states too. Uh, and then you got Texas A&M and Stanford playing. They will whoever wins that game is going to face Texas, who actually won the Coral Gables regional. Miami's out also. Everyone from the ACC except Wake Forest, who was you know the number one seed entering the tournament, they they just have stacked pitching. Uh, but they're going to face Alabama, who won their regional, and so they're going to move on to Winston Salem for that super regional. And uh, Virginia waits to see who's going to win between Coastal Carolina and Duke. Um, but two two SEC teams, Florida and South Carolina, they're going to face off in a super regional in uh, Florida, I imagine. Uh, in Gainesville. So there's that. So, you know, guaranteed there's going to be at least one SEC team in the final as it stands now. Any thoughts on any of the others game? Like I didn't really, I was only able to watch a little bit of some of the other games. Virginia looked pretty good. I haven't, but I mean, they were like a seven seed, uh, you know, they didn't win the tournament, but uh, I don't know what you guys notice from, from other things going on in the field. The only game I really tuned into was, I don't know if y'all saw Clemson versus Tennessee play like a 14 inning game. I watched as yeah. much as I could. Yeah. 
Yeah, I watched the last few innings of extra innings because I was kind of keeping track of the score. Once I saw them going like to the 10th, I was like, okay, I better turn this on. And then it kept going and going. Uh, and ultimately, Tennessee pulled that out and did win the, the regional at Clemson. So they're playing well, and we knew they could this whole year. They were a little bit let down from last year's great team, but they have some really good pitching. Uh, and I would not be surprised to see them take down Southern Miss, who's going to back-to-back Super Regionals uh, in Tennessee to make it to uh, Omaha as well. Texas played well, um, but it's really kind of Wake Forest and everybody else. Like Wake Forest dominated their regional as a number one seed. I think their closest game was like eight runs or something. Uh, so the Demon Deacons are, are on fire. Their pitching is very deep, uh, and they have, I think, three solid starters who can go all the way. So they're going to be uh, very difficult to take out by Alabama, although you never know because we said last year Tennessee was unstoppable and Notre Dame beat them in the Super Regional uh, to end their season. So it's just whoever can can find the clutch hits at the right time. So good luck to them. And I guess also good luck to Oral Roberts and Indiana State, who I guess could be considered the the Cinderella's of this year. So it's always kind of fun to see those small schools make a deep run, which does always seem to happen in baseball. Like, um, I mean, you talk about the, the March Madness Cinderella's, but baseball, I feel like you got a pretty good chance. Like if you're one of those like kind of second tier teams that just get on fire and take it all the way to, to Omaha. Yeah, that's how I think, you know, teams like Cal State Fullerton and, and Pepperdine put themselves on the map way, map way back in the day. And not to throw shade, but I'm just looking at Wake Forest's regionals, Northeastern, George Mason, and Maryland. Now, I don't know much about them. I know that, you know, if you made it into the tournament, you've done something this year. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I feel like, a lot of these other regionals are stronger. I mean, you look at ours, for instance, we had Oregon state and then yeah. you had Sam Houston, who's like a really good offensive team. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I think the real test will be when they play Alabama because Alabama, they kind of did finish the season on a good swing. I mean, they didn't, they didn't win the sec. They, but they were like a solid team and they lost their coach. And they're still trucking along. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Wake Forest and some of these other teams, you know, outside of the SEC do against these SEC opponents, even in their own house. So depending on what happens there, I think that'll show us like if Wake Forest is really for real or what. Yeah. Um that's all. Oh, <laughs> that's all. I was I totally waiting. just lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. It happens. Oh, I was going to say, like, what about Oregon? Oregon State is always so pesky for us. Like, we have trouble with them. They're Mm. consistently like, you know, it seems like we always play them in a regional. And we, we, I, I feel like we've just, this has been the story of multiple years where you go and, and they, man, they give you a run for your money. Yeah. They do. But I mean, they, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have the lineup that we did. They don't have Dylan Cruz. They don't have Tommy sure. White. I mean, For- I guess, I guess that's their sport. Like LSU is a football school. You got schools like uh, Kansas, and Kentucky, or basketball schools. Oregon State is a, a baseball school. One of the few, yeah. I would say, that's kind of like their their marquee thing. So, uh, yeah. they get good recruits out there. Um, a lot of good players on the the West Coast. So, I guess that's what they do and yeah they do give us trouble so i wouldn't be surprised to see them again here next year yep. yeah they're good at that and they're good at playing spoiler in pac 12 football uh because they've, they've 
they've beat USC, they've beat Oregon, they've beat some other teams. Like when it came down to you know one loss deciding if you're going to play for a title or not. Uh, but I remember LSU played out there. It was I want to say mid two thousands. I remember us winning on like a, a or we we won on a missed field goal or, or something like that. But LSU actually played out there. One of the few SEC teams that does play out there football wise. Um, at least early on in the 2000s. More people are doing it now. But, yeah, we've actually played in Corvallis, which, I mean, you wouldn't really think we would, but we did. So, cool. yeah. Um, having said that, I don't know. Baseball, I I guess we'll just wait and see what happens with Kentucky and Indiana. I mean, I feel like our chances are good either way. I'd say Kentucky would probably cause more problems with us, but um, – I don't think Indiana would be an easy out because Oregon state definitely was not. Um, yeah. So we shall see. Hopefully everyone's. Do just you healthy. think I, I, I kind of, I tend to think that the series setup of the super regional, as opposed to like the, uh, the, you know, we play a couple different teams in the regional. I think that benefits us. What do y'all think? For, for the reason that I said where, you know, we're going to get – because theoretically, like, we got um, – like, you're going to get through um, Indiana or, or Kentucky's pitchers. Hopefully, you'll get – you'll burn through them quicker because mm-hmm. they'll be I facing agree. our offense. Because th- to win the re- series, you have to beat LSU two out of three times, and it's hard enough to beat LSU one time. Uh, LSU only lost two series out of the whole year. Obviously, they were more recent than than not. But yeah, you got to go up against LSU's murderers row of hitters and Paul Skeens plus others on the pitching and take them down two out of three times. So given that you kind of say winning with Skeens is, I mean, on the whole of the season, 90 to 95 percent chance, you have to win two out of two on the other ones. So that gives us a, a very strong opportunity. And I think not many teams can match up with us there. I don't think so either. And the, the three game series works out well for LSU, especially in the super regional. Cause you're at home, you have the Alex box. But like I said, the, when you get to Omaha, like the finals two out of three, uh, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Like you said, Daniel, it's probably like a 95% chance, 90% at the least that, you know, if, if Paul Skeens is pitching that your team has a very good chance, 90% plus to win. So that means you do have to beat and he's going to pitch first, right? So you, that means you have to beat LSU two games in a row. Now I'd say about five or six weeks ago in Omaha, I'd think, well, it's possible, but with their performances lately, you know, what Ty Floyd's done, what uh, Thatcher Hurd's done, what some of the other guys have done, Riley Cooper. Yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's, that's a harder, harder thing to do now. You know, I agree. So, uh, remains to be seen. And I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think it's just a different, it, it's going to be great to have this other game at home. I think people are going to be pumped. I don't know what were, do you know what the crowds were like? I, c- I could tell there is good crowds in Baton Rouge. I only got, I mean, I was only able to see, uh, two, two games, but you know, it's, you can't always tell just from the, you know, the camera, but were there pretty good crowds? Like, 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 did they say they were sellouts? Um, I don't know if they were sellouts, but yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely, I mean, I, I drove by, I didn't go to the games, but I drove by, um, you know, what 
there were a ton of people there. I saw just walking by one looking for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was, I was going, I went by on, on every game day actually. Cause I, cause I live right by there. Um, and, uh, gosh, there, I mean, it felt, it did feel, it felt like a football atmosphere as far as like the tailgating and the, uh, the, the RVs and the parking situation, man, like that, the whole, all the lots uh, across from the box were just full. So yeah, I think it was a well-attended game. Yeah. Well, I, and I bring that up because, you know, that's just the, the regional and there's other games to be played at different times. I mean, two o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that would love to go to that. Some people probably couldn't because of the work, but with a three game series next weekend, we're not going to have to play at 2 PM. I hope. Uh, but I think, and because the fact it's, it's heightened now, it's a super regional, like we could close this thing out on Friday and Saturday and then go to Omaha. I imagine the box could be rocking more than it was. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think this, this you know, now with the, uh, I think the excitement's going to be there. I think it's going to be uh It'd be a fun time. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll we'll see who we're gonna end up facing. Uh, we'll, we won't know until after this pod. But anyway, it's gonna be a crazy weekend. Um, no, we're just talking about crowd crowd size, Daniel, and just uh, I don't know if they had announced any uh, sellouts or anything, but box box looked to be lively. A lot of people there. Um, I still think they need to work on the the outfit a little bit. Just looking at what some of these teams already have. Did you see what Vanderbilt is going to do? Like they're redoing their whole stadium. They're going to have like a little green monster out in left field, kind of like Boston, the Red Sox. Yeah. Did y'all see that? Check it out. I didn't see that. It's, it's a green monster. It's going to be a high wall, probably coming in a little bit, but still you got to clear the monster. But on top of that, it's like a deck with – there's going to be food. There's going to be tables. It's it's going to be a whole atmosphere. And That's I'm thinking, cool. you know what? Yeah. LSU, where are we at? What do we, you know, do we have any plans in the making for that? Has anybody heard anything? Because I feel like we're getting passed by as far as atmosphere. We can say, oh, yeah, the box. That's one of the greatest atmospheres in all of college baseball. And it is. Yeah. But I feel like other teams are making uh, improvements to where, you know, we can't really just – claim that title outright based on history yeah no i agree i think one problem with lsu in the outfield is that we play in a very hot environment in baton rouge especially <laughs> the way the stadium is set up is that if you're in the outfield bleachers you're staring directly into the sun for most of the game and so True. it's hard to see and it's warm so that's why those stands are usually not so full because people are kind of scurrying around to the down the sidelines if you can to get out of the view um, so unless you're trying to get a whole covered stadium, almost a dome, which seems unlikely, it's, uh, difficult to incentivize people to sit out there when you, they have plenty of other seating available, uh, which I guess is a good problem to have. I've got, got a lot of seats, but it does lead to some instances like at the regional where, uh, even though you would expect it to be packed, you're really at like two thirds capacity. Um, although the, the weather was really bad this weekend. So people were having trouble making it to the games. So that's understandable. Uh, hopefully, given all the success this year, a lot of tickets will be bought up next year. I'll be right back in this position again with uh, the fans filling the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, one one other thing I wanted to touch on uh, before we move off of baseball is it seems like there has been some, I don't know, just 
players being ejected for, you know, having spirits, team spirit, being lively, this and that. Uh, it happened in that uh, that Clemson-Tennessee game mm-hmm. that you were talking about, Daniel. Uh, I still don't know what exactly was said, but there was a player running off the field from center field. He said something to some, I guess, the guy at Tennessee who was rounding second as the ball was caught for the third out. And there was some John back and forth, but the Clemson player was ejected. And then also recently, I think an Indiana player uh, was suspended. (laughs) Somebody hit a home run and he, I guess they have a home run chain and he brought it onto the field, ejected. So I guess my question is this, do you think it's a fine line with like, you know, like maybe these individual actions? I don't know what, again, I don't know what was said. Maybe he said something God awful. Maybe he didn't, but do you think like we really need, you know, the umpires to act like these social police, like it, there's taunting. I get it. There's taunting in baseball, but I don't know if some of this stuff is really worth kicking a player out of a game and maybe changing the dynamics of the game just because of, you know, emotion. What what do you guys think? Yeah. Um, I saw, I saw the, I didn't watch the, the whole interaction. I saw the clip of the Clemson guy getting, uh, getting uh, ejected. Right. Um, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know enough about that situation to, you know, cause I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think they've said what was said and all that. It does <laughs> seem a little bit, you know, especially in the, this year in the postseason, you don't want that to be the, the reason that a game, you know, goes one way or the other. Um, but I mean, it does show you why. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say like keep your mouth shut because that's like the most like <laughs> that's kind of a uh, that's like a little league thing that you're you know yelled at for. Just play the game, but keep your mouth shut, like that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the umpires have been pretty strict on kind of all sorts of aspects of the game. Like LSU drew a walk because of the pitch count yesterday. Like the Oregon State guy the pitch clock ran out and then they, they sent the LSU guy to, to first base. So you just got to be aware of it and, and be smart. I know the emotions can take the, can get the most of use at some points, but, and it's not a bad thing to do a little bit of a bat flip or a, a chain pop as you round the bases after a home run. But as long as you're not storming the mound or, or getting too out of line, you'll, you'll be okay. So just watch out for it. And cause like you said, Tom, you don't want that to be the reason why you let all your teammates down and all your fans back at home uh, to yeah. have the end of a good season be because you were getting angry at somebody or rubbing it in their face. So um, I think LSU is above that. I hope. Um, and don't really want to see any of that this weekend. No, nah, I mean, what's, what's the most, deli- I mean, we don't have turnover change. We don't do silly stuff or not turnover home run change or whatever. We don't do silly stuff like that or a mink coat that we put on in the dugout. We don't need that. LSU. The most I've seen yeah. them do is after we hit a big hit, like a big home run, you you step on home plate, you walk over towards the dugout and you just cross your arms and tilt your head <laughs> like what? Like that's yeah. it. We can get away with that. We can't like turn it into a whole dance routine like uh, you know, football players might do in the end zone, but it's it's just interesting and you could tell that these umpires have been told something cuz as soon as someone hits a big home run and as soon as this guy hits it, if he's like slow walking or watching it go, you can see the um the, the home plate umpire take his mask off and start jawing at the player. It's like, go move it, start walking. Yep. Yeah, don't yeah. milk it, buddy. So I I know that they were told something that I don't know. 
again, I don't want it to change the game. I, I get it if someone's being an ass, but you don't want to change the outcome of a game just because someone's filled with emotion, which kind of happens in sports. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, but moving on, um, the only other real news that came out of, uh, well, I'd say Baton Rouge, but in anything uh, in, sports-wise in the SEC, uh, the uh, SEC had the spring meetings, right? And apparently they were deciding on whether or not to expand the football conference schedule from eight games to nine games. Well, no surprise, we're staying at eight. Uh, as much as Nick Saban says he wants, oh, blah, 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 blah. He, he, you know, he doesn't vote for that. I don't think, I don't think he wants it. Uh, but we're going to stay at eight games. And this, I don't know, I think they probably just couldn't, they punted on it because they couldn't figure out, I don't know if they were going to do these pods and have three permanent opponents. Are we going to have longstanding rivalries go away? Like, how do you make all this work with keeping someone's longstanding rivalry while keeping all these divisions together. So they're going to stay at eight, but for the 24 season, which is right before Texas and Oklahoma join in 2025, we're not going to have divisions. I guess it's just going to be the top two teams who, whoever has the two teams that have the best record will play for the SEC title. So, it's not to say that they won't go to a nine game schedule. They're just not doing it next year. What do you guys say? Well, I have one correction on that, which is oh. that Oklahoma and Texas will be joining the sec next year. Cause they, they moved the date up from 25 to 24. Oh, damn. And that was kind of part of the discussion on this is that apparently Oklahoma and Texas wanted the nine game schedule also, but they didn't get a vote because they're not part of the sec right now. So, oh. That would have tilted the favor in or tilted the the odds in the favor of yes for the nine game schedule, but they couldn't get enough votes together. LSU, like you said, was in favor of the nine game schedule for whatever reason Scott Woodward and Brian Kelly and LSU president have. But yeah, Nick Saban was against and a few others uh, were against as well. So they stuck with eight games and it's going to be kind of weird um, because they don't announce the full schedule until June 14th. So we'll be back on this topic here in, in two weeks time. Uh, but yeah, it's the kind of just said, we'll, we'll figure this out later. And this is a topic that people have been talking about for a long time. Cause they're going up to 16 teams. It's like, how do we preserve the rivalries? And are we going to have eight team divisions? We're we going to have the four pods. It's a whole real, just a bunch of a mess. The only thing I really don't want to happen for LSU is they, they discuss kind of keeping one rivalry permanent and the rest of the games rotating and the way it shakes out, it looks like that one rivalry would be a and M for us, just kind of the way everything oh else lines up. And I, I don't think I would want a and M to be our one permanent rival and then have everybody else rotate. Uh, because at that point you want to keep a and M versus Texas, but Texas, you got to put them with Oklahoma. And so LSU and a and M are both kind of the odd man out in the West uh, because we don't really have a, a big rival otherwise. So we'll see what happens there. But I guess it's more the same, generally speaking. Um, and as long as we don't draw Alabama and Georgia in 2024, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I was going to say, beep, 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 go ahead. I'll delete it. No, you go ahead, Scott. 
Well, I was going to say is I, I could see how we get the short end of the stick because, you know, I think over the last few years, you know, if you had LSU fans pick, who do you want to be your rival? Some might say Alabama. Some might say Florida, just based on how the games have gone. But Alabama's traditional rival, you know that's going to be Auburn. And if it's not Auburn, it might be Tennessee after that. So that's not going to happen. The next one I would think would be Florida, but their main rivals are, you know, it's Georgia. Uh, so I, or I don't know, whoever else. They they have like I don't know they've had some some good games against Tennessee too, but who else is left for us? Like, would anyone really select A and M as someone we would want to be our rival? I would almost rather say Arkansas because there is more recent history there. Although the history or all the history in the last I'd say five years is is not the same. But I, I don't know. What were you going to say? That, okay, you took – yeah, that's kind of exactly what I was saying. So I, I was <laughs> – when I was researching or kind of looking through um, the the announcement on the uh, the new scheduling. And so uh, this 247 has a projected schedule for us being Ole Miss, Alabama, Oklahoma, um, Vanderbilt, Florida, Texas, Arkansas, and Auburn. So there – so I don't know. I don't know where – like I don't know how they're necessarily coming about this, like you know, but that leaves out a and which makes me think maybe this is the chance because, like you said, Daniel, a and going to want to play, you know, their rival or maybe you know, hopefully they'll renew like that Texas rivalry or maybe, um, or you know, do something like that at and and the Red River rival Red River shootout Red River rivalry that takes place in that doesn't take place during rivalry week, right? Um, they play that at the, uh, the Texas state fair in Dallas yeah. in the, like the early in the season. And so A&M does not have to, or Tex, Texas is, is theoretically open that week that, uh, the rivalry week as we are, um, maybe this is a chance where we can get rid of this manufactured rivalry with A&M A&M can go play Texas like they're like they've been trying to for years um, and we can get back to playing. Not, not that I love the Arkansas rivalry, but I felt, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause I grew up with it, but like Thanksgiving playing Arkansas on the, fr- you know, they play, you play on the Friday before Thanksgiving. Yep. It just feels right. Yeah. And the golden boot thing, which I know a lot of people don't like or don't care for, but it's there and it's a big gold trophy. And you know, what, what trophy do we have with, uh, with A&M? I don't think we have anything. Do we? We just have cups. They have the cops, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a trophy with Ole Miss too. The you know the Magnolia Bowl Magnolia trophy, thing, yeah. but uh, I mean, they, we're not going to be their main rival. It's you know no. it's going to be Mississippi State. So yeah, I don't know. I think um, yeah. What like what are our options? I again, I think maybe we just is manufactured. Maybe we just go back, go way way back to the olden times of the SEC, and we resurrect the tiger rag and we play too late. <laughs> <laughs> we have to w- welcome in the turn in the, in the conference though. I mean, well, they, they were original now they did well last year. They beat USC in the, uh, yeah. In their, in their bowl. So maybe the timing is right. Uh, every, with the way the conference expansions are going, uh, it's like, 
Now Colorado's about to leave the Pac-12, possibly. You got the ACC we, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Like, what if the ACC we're supposed disbanded? to take in like three or four or uh, more ACC teams? I know. So let's just all move to like 16 or 18 teams and be done with it. Or not. I don't oh, know. Mm. <laughs> do we want know, these right? ACC teams? I don't know if we do. I think, what no. I think... Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be more like South Carolina's or Vanderbilt's or something where it's like they're, they're in the club, but it's not like they're, they're not the good old boys. Mm. Well, let's see. Who are the ones, who are the ones that y'all have heard of? I mean, I've heard obviously Clemson, Florida state, in the track, uh, Virginia and Virginia tech. It's been a little Miami talk, Miami talk. That's what I've heard too. Florida state. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, North, North Carolina would be, good too i would say duke because that would give us like another vanderbilt type thing where yeah i mean they can do uh, you know they're 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 not necessarily a football school but they you know they can do i mean they're in the tournament right now for baseball we know their history in basketball but of course you know the interesting thing about duke and north carolina from what i've heard is that they have like a pact where wherever they go they stay together which makes sense because of the basketball. They they because they are like we have to play each other in basketball, which I totally understand. But from from what I've heard, I don't think the uh, the SEC doesn't really have any interest in Duke. They do have interest in North Carolina, and but because of that, it it probably won't happen unless it's like you know either take us both or don't take us. Right, and like those schools are what twenty minutes apart. So I I don't yeah. not only, not only just the rivalries, but it's like you can take a bus to one game. That'd be great. <laughs> oh so no, I, it's awesome and like i know that like this is you know this is what's happening this is the consolidation of the sec and oh these teams are so you know we're, we're building a mega conference stuff. but i mean gosh give it a couple of years we're gonna have two conferences like what's that what is that i i don't i don't mm-hmm. like it I, mm-hmm. it's not it's not the football it's not the football i grew up with it's not the football <laughs> i learned to love <laughs> right oh man well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out and, you know, what they're going to do with our schedule. I, I, I heard this interesting thing about all the teams that have gone to nine game schedule. I think it was since uh, we went to the playoffs. Not one of them has won a title. Like if their conference plays nine game schedule, they have not won a title since they implemented it. So there's that. Maybe that's just because there's that they you know, they're more prone to one loss, which, you know, can make a difference if they're selecting people for the playoff. It also depends how you lose, but yeah, it's like that one extra game. Instead of playing Nichols State, if you had to play, you know, something else, because Kentucky, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, you could just catch them on a bad weekend and then boom, there's your loss. But I know that the SEC, in addition to this eight game thing, it's like they require you to play one of your other games against a Power 5 school. So there is that. It may not be in-state conference game, but it's going to be somewhat of an equal, equally matched opponent as far as that goes. Well, next year's I'm, schedule is going to be brutal either way because we play both UCLA and USC in the same season, mm-hmm. uh, both in September. So um, Sissy blue shirts coming back again. Are we? Yeah, so it'll be LSU versus the the newly minted Big Ten. 
<laughs> right? Well, is uh, I know the US UCLA game should be at home because we played there. Is USC or is that like one of those uh no, it's neutral sites? Yeah, that's right. It's a neutral site game. That's all right. That's okay. That'd be a good game though. I mean, we'll see if you know at that at that point this should be a mature USC with uh Lincoln Riley. See kind of what happens there. Yeah. I don't know see if he, how they, I wonder if he's gonna have a lot of success. I don't know if he's going to. He might. It depends how they rebound from that loss to the green wave. That's true. <laughs> Cause they look great up in and then you know, Tulane just took him out. So yeah. that'll be fun. That was a good game. Uh yeah. All right. So anything else on uh scheduling conference talk, anything else? That's all I had. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, yeah I think that's man. all I got too. All right. Well, then that'll, I guess that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We will obviously have the super regional action for you, uh, in addition to all the other regionals or super regionals that are, well, the regionals that are finishing up this week, in addition to the super regionals that will commence because of those. And yeah, by this time next week, we're going to know who's going to Omaha. Uh, I don't think we'll know who LSU's permanent football rivalry will be, but we have time to figure that out. Uh, so tune in uh, and hope everyone has a great week. You stay safe, you stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time here on Talking Tigs. Talking Tigs.